and welcome to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host this evening. Yes, you did not hear me incorrectly. I am the host this evening as both Jacobs were busy, and so I told them, no worries, fellas. I'll take care of it. I am flying Han Solo this evening in my Millennium Falcon. Disney, please do not copyright me. Uh, This is episode 53 of season two. Uh, Our podcast is a redraft podcast uh, that also has a dynasty focus to it. So if this is your first time listening to us, thank you for joining us. And please make sure that you rate and review and give us a five star rating wherever you may be listening to us as we're available on all the major platforms. And this weekend was terrific with football as usual, especially with November as we get into the nitty-gritty of not only of the NFL schedule, but also for fantasy football implications for specifically the playoffs as we move inch closer and closer each week as we get into Thanksgiving and then ultimately December, which will be awesome. Uh, But let's talk a little bit what happened around the NFL starting with the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Carolina Panthers. Now, this Thursday night football game was a bit of a snoozer, not going to lie. I didn't really watch too much of this. I kind of, you know, periodically went through it here and there. But, you know, Carolina was able to come out on top 25 to 15. Marcus Mariota was 19 of 30 for 186 uh, for two touchdowns and an interception. So the fact that they threw for over more than 25 passing attempts was good. Uh, But once again, you know, Kyle Pitts is struggling. And I know uh, JD, a.k.a. the commissioner, definitely has his (laughs) concerns about Kyle Pitts, about wanting to sell him. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely starting to have that concerns. He was two catches of eight targets for 28 yards. And the only thing that was saving Drake London was the touchdown he scored Um, in the OG. You know, he had 14 points. He was five of six for 38 yards and a touchdown for his rookie season. For right now, he's the 37th ranked wide receiver in standard and PPR leagues. So, uh, you know, Drake London, as of right now, seems to be the better prospect as as crazy as that may sound with Kyle Pitts. uh, But I. I've just seen more production out of him this year, especially if Marcus Mariota continues to be the uh, quarterback at the controls for the Atlanta Falcons. Now the question is, so Atlanta Falcons are four and six, correct? Yes. So the question becomes, do do the Atlanta Falcons continue to kind of grind out the season, maybe get to a seven and 10, maybe they get to eight and nine, or do they make that fateful decision where they decide to tank? you know, for, uh, you know, try to tank for uh, draft playoff perspective, uh, sorry, draft pick perspective and trying to get a CJ Stroud, a Bryce Young, the usual suspects. Do do I see them doing that this year? Probably not, even though it is a looking to shape up a, as a great quarterback class. But, you know, after this weekend with uh, the, the scores, I don't I don't really know if, if that class is going to be able to hold up. Time will still tell. By the way. Before we go any further, I don't have my uh, trusty sidekicks here to be able to prevent me from saying my favorite word, interesting. So if it starts to become an issue, just kind of pause it for a sec. Go get yourself a, a favorite beverage. If you're, if you're listening to this on your drive in, hopefully have a cup of coffee or a Red Bull or something. Just kind of take a couple of swigs, just take a nice sigh of relief and understand Taylor's flying solo on this and he's doing the best he can. 
So back to it with the Atlanta Falcons. I really do think that they're going to continue to plow ahead with this um, offense that seems to be, you know, very run centric and trying to maximize Marcus Mariota's talents, but at the same time trying to keep the games interesting. I think what ended up happening was it was a short week and it was a division rival. And so the results are as they are. So I, I think the Falcons are going to continue to plow ahead, um, even though, I, I, in my opinion, I think they should tank and try to get another quarterback in there to be able to try to figure out how to maximize Drake London and Kyle Pitts, who are going to be the cornerstone of your uh, franchise, hopefully for the next decade or so. I don't see that with Marcus Mariota. He's 29. He's about to be on the back half of a quarterback. And, you know, I believe this is his third team. You know, he's a former number two overall draft pick uh, there along with Jameis Winston. So it, there just continues to be kind of that struggle there. We'll we'll see where this goes from here. Uh, but really, the name of the game for this particular uh, result was actually the Carolina Panthers and uh, Dante Foreman. So Dante Foreman had 31 carries for 130 yards and a touchdown. Now, we've seen flashes of this in previous years, but now the fact that they've traded away uh, Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. Deontay Foreman finally was able to get an opportunity here to really be able to shine over the last couple of weeks. And he has been killing it. So, um, you know, when he took over the controls, he had, uh, it was against Tampa Bay. He had 15 carries for 118 yards. The week after that, he had 26 carries for 118 yards and three touchdowns. The week after that against Cincinnati, not so great. He had seven carries for 23 yards. But then, you know, this week, you know, he he reestablished himself with 31 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. And on the season thus far, uh, he has 91 attempts for 426 yards and four touchdowns with a uh, yards per carry of 4.68. So he's already eclipsed his yards per carry. It's the best he's ever had. And he's on pace to break his um, yardage record from last year when he was with Tennessee. He rushed for a little over 500 yards. Uh, last year for 133 attempts. So they're going to continue to feed Deontay Foreman uh, moving forward. And he was honestly uh, probably the best thing uh, about the Carolina Panthers going. I know LaVisca Chenault had a good night, um, but you know, it was because of the touchdown. They need to figure out how to get DJ more and more involved. Uh, but you know, that that's just part of it. PJ Walker had 16 attempts. So is, is this style of play sustainable? Probably not. Uh, but it, it's fun to watch. And I think Deontay Foreman is a fine player to be able to continue to start. And in my opinion, I would continue to start Drake London because he's still going to have that high touchdown potential. And then it tied in. I mean, you have to start Kyle Pitts, uh, even though he's not having that great of a season, he's still, you know, a serviceable tight end. If you're able to find another top 10 tight end, I would start him over Kyle Pitts right now. It's tough to say, but it's the truth. So, Yes, J.D., I, I did just admit that we need to start somebody else over Kyle Pitts. It happens. The next game we had, it was a, the first game in Munich, Germany. Uh, it was kind of a surprise to be able to get to kind of watch that atmosphere, but uh, the atmosphere absolutely did not disappoint. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won 21-16 to against the Seattle Seahawks. Tom Brady was 22-29 of for 258 and two touchdowns. He did have an interception, 
And he had that weird, goofy trick play, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that, look it up. He like tripped a player and he got called for tripping and Leonard Fournette threw an interception and he got, you know, he he was doubtful. But they're saying that he'll be ready for week 12, it looks like. So looks like he's, you know, the good news is the, the Bucks are on a bye week uh, this coming week. And then he looks to be ready to go against the the Cleveland Browns, uh, which that's good news for Leonard Fournette owners and then also for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he's definitely a stable piece there. But the question becomes, so Leonard Fournette, you know, he he had a pretty decent game. He had 14 carries for 57 yards. He, he, he did have a touchdown. But the interesting piece of this, and yes, I know I just used that word, Rashard White, he had 22 carries for 105 yards. So the question becomes, you know, we talked about this in the offseason, which, by the way, if you haven't gone there and checked out our misfit uh, perfect fit rankings, we did cover Rashad White, you know, extensively myself, Jance, along with Jacob talking about this kid played phenomenally 22 carries, 105 yards. And you got to be able to do that, you know, as, as great as Tom Brady is. I mean, the man is 45 years old and he's having statistically probably his his worst season so to speak since 2018 uh when he was quarterback 12 right now he's sitting at quarterback 13 i mean he's still 12 touchdowns and two interceptions at 45 years old but the fact that you're able to get a running game going and they're able to have this in their back pocket with Rashad White if you don't have him i i would say try to figure out how to pick this guy up because he he played phenomenally Speaking of rookies, Kenneth Walker had a uh, pretty decent game. He had 10 carries for 17 yards, but he was able to make up the points, uh, being able to be a serviceable pass catcher out of the backfield. He made some spectacular catches along the uh, sideline. He had six catches for 55 yards. Then at wide receiver, Chris Godwin had a good game. He had six catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. Some life out of Julio Jones, three catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans had five catches for 54 yards. So a good distribution there. This is the kind of week that, you know, Tampa Bay wide receiver owners would love to have all of them having, you know, double digit fantasy points. Is that realistic? Probably not. Um, Would I try to figure out how to maybe, I, I mean, Julio Jones, in my opinion, is probably a wide receiver for in a desperate buy flex option at this point. But if he, if he continues this, uh, be on the lookout because, uh, it, it would be fun to watch, to see him kind of have a rejuvenation here. He had 10 points against Baltimore. And then last week against the Rams, he only had four points and this week. He had 14. So who knows? There may be, may be life still yet. And definitely some, uh, tread left on the tire for Julio Jones. Now, the wide receivers on the other side, you know, <laughs> Jacob and I have talked about this extensively about Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, they kind of go up and down, but that was with Russell Wilson. I will say Geno Smith has done a better job of kind of consistently getting these two uh, phenomenal wide receivers involved uh, extensively and distributed properly. For Tyler Lockett right now, he's sitting at a wide receiver 11 and standard and 10 in PPR and then... DK Metcalf is a top 20 wide receiver sitting at 19. So continue to start those two. DK Metcalf had six catches for 71 yards, and then Tyler Lockett had three catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. And I think that's about it for this game, other than, you know, Geno had lost a fumble there. 
but I mean, he's sitting at quarterback seven. I, I don't think anyone in their right mind going into this season was thinking, you know, Geno Smith is going to be a top 10 uh, quarterback. Phenomenal play out of Geno Smith. And it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch here if he's able to, one, get them into the playoffs. And who knows? He may be able to help your team be able to win some fantasy football. Fantasy football championships. Taking a little sip of water there. Getting kind of dry. Okay. Now, for me, the game of the day was Minnesota against Buffalo. So Minnesota was able to pull out the victory 33-30 to in overtime in Buffalo. Frigid, condi- uh, frigid conditions. I have two words for you. Justin Jefferson. Holy cow. The the miraculous fourth and eight, 18th catch, uh, 18, <laughs> 18 catch, uh, fourth and 18th catch. What can I say about that? That catch was amazing. Uh, I mean, that's got to be the catch of the year, right? And, and if you haven't seen that, please go check out the highlights of this game. It was it was fun to watch, and it was, you know, a classic back and forth. The question I have coming out of this game, if I'm Buffalo Bills, is we continue to get into these close games, and we're able to get it to a point where you think you're going to win. And then it ended up, it just ends up not happening. You know, Buffalo was up 27 to 10 at one point in this game, and the Vikings come storming back. Kirk Cousins is just on a different level. Um, you know, I've, you know, Jacob and I were talking about this, about Kirk Cousins and getting on the wagon. I, I'm officially on the bandwagon of him being, you know, I had talked about him being a quarterback too, but he's creeping up into that QB1. He's sitting right now at uh, QB11 and 13th overall in fantasy, uh, which is just amazing. He was 30 of 50 for 357. He had a touchdown. He also had two interceptions, but he made the plays down the stretch for his team to be able to win. Right now, he's sitting at 2,300 yards. He has 14 touchdowns. He also has eight interceptions, so he officially went over uh, the number of interceptions that he had last year but he's on pace to throw more pass attempts than he did last year. And you can definitely see in this Kevin McDonald uh, offense that has been adopted for the Rams, they're cooking and they're figuring out how to get Justin Jefferson involved. I mean, come on now, 10 catches for 193 yards and a touchdown. Just phenomenal play. Dalvin Cook had 14 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. He also had three catches for 27 yards. Now, the way that the Minnesota Vikings were able to win, you know, they storm back and they make that phenomenal fourth and 18th catch Justin Jefferson did. They get it down and the Buffalo Bills have a four down goal to go stand. It was amazing. Place is going nuts. Vikings are distraught. The, you know, the defense is running all over the place, the Bills defense. And so... But you have to remember the ball is at the half inch line, which is for, for the novice out there. That means that it's the it's the space between the goal line and the one yard line. I mean, there there's no smaller um, edge of error than the half inch mark line. And they literally just have to be able to do a QB sneak, a simple. And, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the cold or the fact that they just run out of shotgun more often. But the fact that we had all of these issues uh, from transition from center to quarterback, personally, it was kind of upsetting because me being a former center myself, 
I know how difficult that can be and how frustrating it is, but you have to be able to practice that and be, you know, be aware of those certain situations. And so <laughs> at the last minute, it, it was funny too. So I'm watching this game and I'm going, holy cow, what just happened? And my wife comes in, you know, she's, she's like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I'm, I'm showing her this and I'm talking through the, the defensive tackle technique. This, this is how much of a nerd I am. I'm talking about the defensive tackle technique. So he was over the, the center. He shifts over and then Kendricks, uh, they did a Texas stunt, which if you've seen that, it's or it was a form of a Texas stunt where the, the uh, defensive tackle goes into one gap and the linebacker comes off the hip, the opposite hip coming in. Uh, it basically makes an X essentially. And so at the last second, the defensive tackle shifts over to the um, center's non-dominant hand, which in this case would be his left hand. His right hand was the one that had the football that was causing the snap. So he was able to get over there and distract him there. And so I don't know if there was, if that was the distraction that caused the fumble, but there was not a clear handoff and Kendricks was right there. He came right off the butt of the defensive tackle and was able to recover for a touchdown. So the Vikings are able to go ahead. So at this point, the Vikings are up 30 to 27. (laughs) And then the bills go down and score, kick the field goal. We go to overtime. So at this point, the Vikings win the coin toss. They go down, they kick the field goal. Kevin McDonald's hacked, fuming because, you know, they should have scored a touchdown there because they know the the Bills are probably going to come back and score. Well, that defense comes up big again, has an interception off of Josh Allen. And despite the fact that Josh Allen had two interceptions, he still had a terrific day from a fantasy perspective. 29 of 43, 330 and a touchdown. He also had six carries for 84 yards. He he had three turnovers for the day, so that's a bit of a concern. But overall, Josh Allen is still one of the uh, the top quarterbacks in our league. Stefan Diggs had a terrific game also, 12 catches for 128 yards. Gabe Davis had six catches for 93 yards and a touchdown. It, it, it was just great play across the board. TJ Hawkinson. Seven catches, 45 yards. Dawson Knox, four catches for 57 yards. There's a lot of non-zeros that occurred in this game. And it it, it was a fun game to watch. In my opinion, probably the game of the year so far. If you uh, disagree, please send us a tweet and or email or comment on uh, the Spotify comment section or wherever you may be listening to our podcast. Let us know your thoughts. On that, but in my opinion, as of right now, the Minnesota Vikings versus Buffalo Bills in 2022—that—that's—that's that's the game to beat, in my opinion, for game of the year so far. Okay, so moving ahead, we're going to talk about an A of, uh, sorry, excuse me, an NFC North matchup between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. Man, I wish I would have been able to see this game. This looks like it was an awesome game. Detroit ended up being able to pull out the victory, 31 to 30. Justin Field just continues to be phenomenal. And I know I've been saying phenomenal a lot. It is what it is. He was 12 of 20, 167 and two touchdowns. He did have an interception. Then he had 13 carries for 147 yards and two touchdowns. Holy cow. I mean, he's number three right now in fantasy. <laughs> Listen to this. He he has 1,400 yards passing. He has 12 touchdowns and seven to seven inter- interceptions. It's an improvement from last year because it was completely flipped. You know, he had seven touchdowns to 10 interceptions overall. 
So he's got to continue to work on his passing game. But his running game is really what is making the difference for him. As of right now, he has 104 attempts for seven, 749 yards. His yard per, per carry average right now is 7.2, and he has six touchdowns. Is this sustainable over the next 10 years? Probably not. He needs to you know, become a better passer and be able to do that. He's got to be able to get more talent around him. And he's definitely take he's definitely taken that next step moving forward, as you can see with his touchdown interception ratio already improving uh, from last year. And he's being able to make better throws. And his best receiver right now is Darnell Mooney. Think about that. Darnell Mooney. Does anyone know, uh, you know, where he's at in the player rankings? He's 42 right now in standard and 43 in PPR. Darnell Mooney. And that's no no offense to Darnell Mooney uh, because he's going to continue to perform. You know, they traded for Chase Claypool. He hasn't really panned out that well just yet. I mean, he had a catch for eight yards. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's to be seen. Darnell, you know, he had four catches for 57 yards. They got to continue to improve there. Cole Komet is probably his most bona fide catcher. Uh, he had four catches for 74 yards and was able to score the two touchdowns there. So good for Cole. Cole right now is sitting as the number seven tight end in standard and top 10 in PPR. So definitely a serviceable tight end. It's the consistency that's, you know, needs to improve for him to be able to move into that next echelon of tight ends. For the Lions, you know, Jared Goff had an okay game. He was 19 to 26, 236, and a touchdown. But the play for them was Amon Ross St. Brown returning to form. He had 10 catches for 119 yards. And you could definitely tell with TJ Hawkinson gone. He really is taking advantage of his opportunities and that extra added uh, opportunities that he's getting. In the backfield, Jamal Williams had 16 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift had six carries for six yards and a touchdown. So, you know, Jacob and I are just both kind of baffled with what's going on with DeAndre Swift. We really don't know. Uh, I mean, he did score a touchdown, but Jamal Williams is the starting running back right now. I mean, he's... 10th and standard and 15, the PPR. If you're starting a running back for the lions, it needs to be Jamal, Jamal Williams. And then for the running backs over, uh, for the bears, it was honestly, Justin Fields, uh, Khalil Herbert had 10 carries for 57 yards. And then David Montgomery had nine for 37. And he had a catch. So that's concerning. If you're a David Montgomery, um, fantasy owner or Khalil Herbert is the fact that Justin Herbert or sorry, Justin Fields is, you know, taking up a lot of the, the running there, but hopefully they're able to kind of figure out a balance here. Cause like I said earlier, it's going to be difficult to sustain that over the long term, simply because of injury concerns. And, you know, if he's able to prevent himself from getting injuries, uh, you know, whether it be QB sliding or running out of bounds and not being able to take on those big bruntal hits or being able to get down. So that way, you know, he's not taking those hits and shots, whether it be the shoulder or the head or, or you know, different parts of the leg. Uh, that's definitely going to help him longevity wise, not only as a quarterback in the NFL, but also as a fantasy prospect in dynasty rankings. The next game we had, we had the Kansas City Chiefs winning 27 to 17 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Patrick Mahomes uh, was 26 to 35, 331, four touchdowns. He did have an interception. He had seven carries for 39 yards. 
Jarek McKinnon had six catches for 56 yards, and uh, Isaiah uh, Pachenko was the one that actually had the most carries for him. He had 16 carries for 82 yards, so they're trying to figure out how to get him more involved. Speaking of running backs, Travis Etienne uh, was the leading running back for Jacksonville. He had 11 carries for 45 yards, did have three catches for 28 yards. And then at wide receiver, Christian Kirk had nine catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. And then Kadarius Toney, welcome back, sir. He had two carries for 33 yards. He also had four catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. So it's going to be very Debo Samuel-like with him. And I, I feel like that's going to continue as they figure out a way to not only get him involved, but Isaiah Pachanko involved as the Chiefs get ready for their uh, home run here, so to speak, as they get ready for the playoffs. MVS had three catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. MVS stands for Marquez Valdez Scantling. For those of you out there that don't know, he had a pretty good game there. Um, and then Juju Smith-Schuster had two catches for 33 yards. So continuing to try to, uh, he was rolled out with a concussion. Huh. So he got knocked out of the game early. I'm sorry. I'm just now reading this. It was the first I've seen of it. Uh, but yeah, so that's the reason his account was low. So we, you know, we got to figure out, you know, is Kadarius, is this going to be sustainable? You know, after reading that, but like I said, I think they're, Andy Reid is trying to figure out a way to get him and Isaiah Pachenko involved because you may have to rely on them as we get into the playoffs because of injury. And that, that just speaks to the genius of Andy Reid. Zay Jones had a pretty good game too. He had eight catches for 68 yards and then it tied in. Of course, Travis Kelsey, just being Travis Kelsey, six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence, uh, not too bad either. He had 29 of 40 for 259, two touchdowns. He also had four carries for 26 yards. But, you know, it's just the Chiefs were the better team right now, and Patrick Mahomes is just humming with that offense, winning the game 27 to 17. Next game we have, we had the Miami Dolphins winning 39 to 17. It seems like the usual suspects for the Dolphins. You have Tua, 25 of 32, 285, and three touchdowns. Jeff Wilson had a great game, 17 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. He also had two catches for 24 yards. Raheem Moistert also had a TD, had eight carries for 65 yards and four catches for 22. And Ingle also scored a touchdown. He had four catches for 45 yards, so a lot of catches out of the backfield. And then at wide receiver, we had Trent Sherfield. He had four catches for 63 yards and a touchdown, and then, of course, Tyreek Hill continues to just chug along. He had five catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Waddle also had four catches for 66 yards. So this offense just continues to hum. And then for the Browns, they're just trying to keep their head above water as they wait for their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, to get back from suspension. Jacoby Brissett had a very Jacoby Brissett game. He was 22 of 35, 212, and a touchdown. He also had seven carries for 40 yards. Nick Chubb had 11 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. So Nick Chubb continues to be the focal point of this team. And as of right now, he's sitting in PPR at four and standard as the number one running back. He He's about to eclipse 1,000 yards. He has 904 and just being able to continue to stay healthy is going to be the goal for Nick Chubb, in my opinion. 
At wide receiver, Donovan Peoples-Jones had five catches for 99 yards. And then Amari Cooper, three catches for 32 yards. So, you know, they're just trying to figure out how to stay in the game. Like I said earlier, just trying to keep their head above water. Harrison Bryant, you know, he had 10 points, but that's because he scored a touchdown. So nothing to really write home about that. Next game we have, we have the Red Hot New York Giants. That's still weird to say. I need to get that grossness out of my mouth. They won 24-16 to against the Houston Texans. Daniel Jones uh, had a good game. He was 13-17 of for 197 and two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley, 35 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. He also had a catch. Saquon right now having a great season sitting at number three in the player rankings, not only for PPR, but standard. And he's also number 17 for overall player rankings. So a great bounce back season thus far in the Brian Dayball offense as they continue to chug along into the playoffs. Darius Slayton had three catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. And let's see here at tight end, we had Lawrence Cager. He had two catches for nine yards and a touchdown. So, you know, it the obviously the focal point for the Giants this year is get the ball to Saquon. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're feeding this beast of a running back, and he is producing terrifically. Now over to the Texans. Davis Mills was 22 of 37 for 319 and a touchdown. And then uh, the two... Big pieces here that did well for the Texans. You have Damian Pierce. He had 17 carries for 94 yards. He did have a fumble. Uh, he also had two catches for 28 yards. And then at wide receiver, Nico Collins had five catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Welcome back. I know that was kind of an abrupt uh, commercial break there. I apologize for that. I had some issues here with my uh, recording software, uh, but no worries there. We're learning. We're adjusting here. No biggie. Uh, so let's get back into the Houston Texans and New York Giants game. The last thing I wanted to talk about was Brandon Cooks had returned after having the trade dispute there that went down at the trade deadline, and he returned with four catches for 37 yards. The next game we have, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers being able to come out victorious over the New Orleans Saints 20 to 10. Kenny Pickett was 18 of 30 for 199. He had eight carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. Thus far for Kenny Pickett, he has thrown for a little over 1,100 yards, but he has two touchdowns to eight interceptions. Um, and he also has three touchdowns uh, for the rushing. And, you know, they don't they don't have any offensive line like Jacob has talked about in the past, so that's going to be the continued growing pains. The concern I have next is so Najee Harris has 20 carries for 99 yards, but we also have Jalen Warren having nine carries for 37 yards and he had three catches for 40 yards for these two to be able to continue, you know, to be productive moving forward. They need to make sure that they have those upgrades at the offensive line. Like we've previously talked about George Pickens had three catches for 32 yards. He also was able to score a TD on the ground and Deontay Johnson had four catches for 63 yards. So, you know, while he is still technically the wide receiver one, you can definitely feel that George Pickens is starting to creep his way up in the lineup. And it's it's definitely a battle between those two. 
uh, of where the catches are going. But Deontay Johnson is still a volume catcher and still can be a, a flex option. But just understand that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is going through growing pains for sure. Jawan Johnson for the New Orleans Saints had a really good game. He had five catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Is that a one-off? Probably so, but you never know. You may want to pick him up on waivers this week on the waiver wire. Just thought I would throw that out there. Chris Olave had three catches for 40 yards. And then, you know, Alvin Kamara, not, not that great of a game. He had eight carries for 26 yards. He had three catches for 19 you know, he's still a top 20 running back in standard and he's 13 in PPR, even with the struggles with the team. So, he, he, you know, he's still a, a, a start. The question is, is how long can he keep this up? And is he on the tail end with him being at 27? You know, Jacob has definitely, uh, you know, talked about how we need to be trying to trade. And, and I agree. I think it's about that time, especially with him being, you know, PPR 13. If you haven't traded him yet, I would start looking at avenues to be able to trade him. And then Andy Dalton, you know, he had seven, he was 17 to 27 for 174 and a touchdown. He did have two interceptions. So, you know, the, the offense is what the offense is. Is that weird to say? Um, you know, is Jameson Winston, you know, going to come back or is it still the Andy Dalton show? I don't, I don't really know the it's a bit of an anomaly for me with what's going on with the saints and the Steelers seeing that these franchises have been winners for, you know, the past 15 years for the Steelers has been, you know, the past 20 years, uh, you know, they've, they've had a sustained level of success. I, I mean, Mike Tomlin for goodness sakes is the third head coach they've had in the last 50 years. I mean, think about that. You have, you have Chuck, you know, who won the four original with the steel curtain. Then you go to Bill Cowher. He wins the Super Bowl. And then you go to Mike Tomlin. Phenomenal franchise. They're going to figure this out. This, this, and that's the reason I said it's an anomaly, not only for the Saints, but also for the Steelers. They're going to get this figured out. It's, it's just weird seeing, you know, the Saints are three and seven and the Steelers are three and six. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay, so the next matchup we had, we had the Tennessee Titans that are now 6-3, and three, uh, beating the Denver Broncos 17-10. to 10. Maybe Russell Wilson needed to wear his um, play-calling wristband, which, by the way, if you haven't seen kind of the <laughs> passive aggressiveness going on between the Broncos and uh, Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks, it, it's fun entertainment, and it's good little tidbits to be able to watch if you're having like a break at work, you're just having a minute to yourself, you're at the water cooler, you know, you're going to go get yourself some coffee or something. Just do yourself a favor. Go check out some of those interviews. It's it's pretty funny to watch <laughs> hearing about how the offense was running and how it is running now. And who knows? I mean, the the, the Seahawks right now are six and four, and they really like the, the quarterback that they have in Geno Smith, and he's wearing the wristband, and Russell Wilson's not, but he also won a Super Bowl. Now, who's to say that he was a huge contributor to that? That's left up to, to you and your opinion, as everyone's opinion is different. But remember... There's 11 players on both sides of the field. So one way or another, Russell Wilson did contribute to that Super Bowl, and he is a Super Bowl champion, even though the fact that his team thus far has uh, started to sputter just a smidge at three and six. So hopefully they'll they'll be able to kind of figure things out as we move forward. Ryan Tannehill was 19 of 36 for 255 and two touchdowns. Derrick Henry had 19 carries for 50, 53 yards. He also had two catches for 14 yards. I know Jacob's probably going to look at that and go, ah, the beast is, you know, he's slowing down uh, the, the predator. 
But, you know, he's still running back uh, number two in standard and fifth in PPR. I get it. He's 28 years old, but he may be one of those rarefied heirs that is able to continue to into his early 30s. I'm calling it here first. I may be crazy, but, you know, that's the reason it's our podcast and I'm able to kind of say nonsense like that. <laughs> so Nick Westbrook, I don't know how to say his last name. I apologize for uh, butchering this. Uh, Ikhine. He had five catches for 119 yards and two touchdowns. So good for Nick Westbrook. Traylon Burks had three catches for 24 yards. So continuing to figure out how to get him involved. Uh, Cortland Sutton had six catches for 66 yards. He had the uh, top number of targets for 11. Crazy thing here. So Jerry Judy only had uh, one target, but he did suffer a mild ankle injury. So keep an eye on that if you're a Jerry Judy um, fantasy owner. Austin Hooper had a pretty good day himself. Five catches for 41 yards. He's available on the waiver wire. I know he's for, you know, tight end 41, but always good to have a backup tight end available, uh, on your roster. If you have the depth available on your roster, put out a waiver wire pick, just saying. And then Jeff Saturday's first game as interim head coach, and there's been controversy around it. Should he have been the head coach? Why is he the head coach? What is going on with Jim Ursay? What is going on with the Indianapolis Colts? Why are they firing Frank Wright? A lot of different questions going around this game. Colts were able to pull out the victory 25-20 against the Las Vegas Raiders. And there's a couple of storylines that came out of this. You know, you have Jeff Saturday former uh Colt legend won a Super Bowl with them was the center for uh Peyton Manning I remember when he uh went and played with the Packers for one year they had him play a drive with uh Peyton Manning for the uh Pro Bowl and that was pretty cool to watch uh, seeing them uh <laughs> be able to hook back up again but the the guy is a competitor. He's a motivator. I was watching the Rich Eisen show, and all they were talking about was, you know, especially in the NFL, guys are just looking for a motivator, and specifically for an interim head coach because it feels like the owner has given up on the team, so to speak. And so for him to be able to motivate this team, to be able to figure out how to win this football game with no experience, they have their assistant passing game coordinator <laughs> going through and discussing how he's going to call the offensive plays crazy man crazy Matt Ryan was 21 to 28 222 a touchdown he also had four carries for 38 yards and a touchdown looking like Lamar Jackson was the highlight video I saw of him running down the sideline Jonathan Taylor had 22 carries for 147 yards and a touchdown Paris Campbell seven catches for 76 yards and a touchdown and Michael Pittman Jr. had seven catches for 53 yards so you know, you have this going on with the Colts. They're able to figure out how to win 25 to 20 with an interim head coach. What does this say about the Raiders? The Raiders are now two and seven. Derek Carr was 24, 38 for 248 and two touchdowns. What the heck is going on with Josh McDaniels? I mean, Josh Jacobs had a good game. He was 21. He had, he had 21 carries for 78 yards and he touched down. He also had six carries or sorry, six catches for 28 yards. Devontae Adams. Nine catches for 126 yards and a touchdown. I mean, I don't literally know what more this man can do. He, he's come over and he's just upset and clearly understandable. They're two and seven. This team should be seven and two right now. I have no idea what's going on. 
you know, they're dropping players on the defense. You now have uh, Darren Waller going to the IR. I, I mean, honestly, I think it's the defense. They got to figure out how to win ball games here. It's it's unacceptable. And the question is now is is Josh McDaniels going to lose his job? Uh, I, I put that question to you, uh, you know, put your comments below or in the Gmail or Twitter. It's crazy. They should not be losing like this. But, you know, kudos to the Colts. And watch out for them. The offensive line is getting healthy. Jonathan Taylor looking really good right now. They're four, five and one still have an opportunity to figure out how to get into the playoffs. And speaking of ridiculousness, the Packers. Yes, you have Mike McCarthy visiting um, the <laughs> visit visiting back to Green Bay. And it's Aaron Rodgers against Mike McCarthy. I know it says Cowboys versus Packers, but this is Mike McCarthy versus Aaron Rodgers. And kind of similar with the storyline with the uh, Colts and, and Raiders real quick. You know, Josh McDaniels turned down the Colts last minute to return to the uh, Patriots to be the offensive coordinator before he ultimately took the Raiders job. So, you know, interesting storylines there. Yes, I'm using my favorite word. Deal with it. The Packers won 31 to 28 in overtime. Unacceptable. Should not have happened at all. The Cowboys had this game in hand and the Packers figured out how to pull it, pull this one out. And hey, Aaron Rodgers, he's a bad dude. He's still the two-time defending NFL MVP. You know, we talked about it last week. Is this it for Aaron Rodgers? And he proved once again, he's he shut, slammed that door shut. And of course, it had have to be against. It's the circus of the sickness known as a Dallas Cowboys fan that I had to, of course, watch Aaron Rodgers once again lead his team down the field and have Mason Crosby kick the last second field goal to win it for him. Of course, Aaron Rodgers was 14 of 20 for 224 and three touchdowns. Aaron Jones was phenomenal himself. 24 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown. And Christian Watson got it together. Four catches for 107 yards and three touchdowns. You know, he's had some issues with dropping the ball, but dadgummit, did he get it figured out finally. And uh, being able to exercise some of those demons. So be on the lookout. Speaking of wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb had a pretty good game himself. He had 11 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Awesome game. Tony Pollard had 22 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. He also had three catches for 13 yards. Now, here's the thing. Dak Prescott, 27 to 46, 265, three touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, they're saying CeeDee Lamb, and, you know, we're seeing this in the uh, sleeper <laughs> comment section talking about, is CeeDee Lamb to blame for the interception? Is it Dak Prescott's fault? Is it the weather? Here, I have the answer for you, and this is my opinion. I think it's a combination of everything. Dak Prescott signed a four-year, $160 million contract. I know I continue to bring this up, but here's the thing. He's a $40 million man. He needs to be able to make the throws and not have the turnovers. That's what he's paid to do. Same thing with C.D. Lamb. He's got to figure it out. Those two got to figure out how to get on the same wavelength because it's a handshake agreement here. You can't say that the quarterback had a bad throw and that you know C.D. Lamb had a good route running. Can those be, both be true? Yes. But here's the thing. They get paid to make the right plays and collectively they did not make enough right plays to be able to win the ball game. And that's unacceptable. And ultimately that's on the coaches that's on Kellen Moore. 
That's on Mike McCarthy. And ultimately, it's on the Jones family and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. But you know what? Cowboys are six and three. They've been this way for 28 years. And I'm just going to keep chugging along. Thanks a lot, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> As a Cowboys fan. As a fan recently of Aaron Rodgers, I've learned to appreciate his greatness as a quarterback. And the the dude's a competitor, regardless of how you feel about him as a person or how he acts. It's beside the point. The dude's a gamer. And once again, he, he did call himself the two-time defending NFL MVP, which he is. And he also has a three-year, $150 million contract. And they may, they're not dead yet, like he said. They're four and six right now. They have an opportunity to figure out how to get into this playoff hunt. And it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch here, not only for the Cowboys, how they come, you know, out of this as we move into the uh, last couple of weeks here for uh, November and that meaningful Thanksgiving game. And then for the Packers trying to figure out how to get into the playoffs. Next, we had an NFC West showdown with records that I never thought we would see. We have the four and six Arizona Cardinals winning against the three and six Los Angeles Rams. Neither starting quarterback was playing. We had Colt McCoy against John Walford. So we had Texas against Wake Forest, basically. I mean, it is. Uh, so Colt McCoy was 26 of 37, 238, and a touchdown. And then John Walford was 24 of 36, 212, and a touchdown. He also had an interception. Prime backup quarterback play out of both of them. Not great, not good, very average, you know, startable players. James Cotter had 21 carries for 69 yards and two touchdowns, continuing to be what James Conner is, which is a touchdown monster. <laughs> Don't care about the yardage. It's about the TDs, and he's going to figure out a way to score touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins had 10 catches for 98 yards on his 14 targets. Rondell Moore had nine catches for 94 yards. Great job. And then Van Jefferson had three catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. And then Cooper Cup, he got injured. He had a very scary leg injury. Looks like it's going to be his ankle and expected to miss some time. He avoided the worst case scenario. So that's good news for him. My question is, and the question to everyone out here listening, is what do the Rams do here? They're sitting at three and six. They don't really have draft picks. They traded it all for last year. They went all in. Do they continue to fight here? I'm very curious to see what happens with this team as we go down the stretch. Are they going to figure out how to get into the playoff on here? Um, I don't know. With the injury to Cooper Cup here, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And then the running game is just kind of sputtering. And with, you know, Matthew Stafford being out and not playing the same, it's it's going to be tough. Same thing with Arizona Cardinals at four and six. Are they going to figure out how to get in? You know, Kyler Murray has a tight hamstring. Is he going to play again? These are some of the factors you need to be kind of looking at as a fantasy owner of, okay, what players are they going to shut down and how am I going to be able to op and optimize uh, the players that I have on my fantasy roster as we move in and we push for the fantasy playoff? season speaking of nfc west teams we had the sunday night football game we had the san francisco 49ers winning 22 to 16 against the los angeles chargers both teams are sitting at five and four jimmy garoppolo jimmy g 19 of 28 for 240 also had five carries for three yards and a td 
Christian McCaffrey is sitting in, uh, is uh, getting very comfortable in this Kyle Shanahan offense, having 14 carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. He also had four catches for 39 yards. Christian McCaffrey is looking great right now. Brandon Ayuk had six catches for 84 yards. Juwan Jennings also had four catches for 40 yards. And then Debo Samuel, four carries for 27 yards. He had six targets and he only caught two of them for 24 yards. And it seems like my prediction of Debo being a top 10 wide receiver this year is not going that great. But, you know, he may be able to turn around here at the, the back half of the season. Time will tell. I know. I know what you're saying, Jacob. You're 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 crazy for thinking it. I know. I know. Uh, I was I was on the uh, the Debo Samuel train. And Greg Kittle, he only had two targets. He had a catch for 21 yards. That's unacceptable. They got to figure out how to get these two involved. But when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, that that's going to happen, unfortunately. So, if you're a fantasy owner of Debo Samuel or George Kittle. You know, you got to be able to take that into consideration here. So be looking for different players on the uh, on the waiver wires. Juwan Jennings looks to be uh, getting some traction here over the last couple of weeks. Oh, I'm incorrect. But he did return. So that that's the important thing here. He's available. Uh, maybe a good thing to put a waiver out for him and be able, you know, especially if he continues to heat up here. And then for the Chargers. Still without Keenan Allen and uh, Mike Williams, Deontay Carter stepping up big for them. He had four catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. You also have Austin Eckler. He had six carries for 24 yards, but he had 12 targets and he got seven of them for 39 yards. So from a fantasy perspective, still doing great things. Yard yards perspective, not so much, but it's neither here nor there. If you're in a PPR league, seven catches for 39 yards. I mean, that's 10 points there. It's 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 great. He, and he got another two or so from the 24 yards. So based on my quick math, and it depends. I know it depends on which league you're in and the points. I, I get that. Justin Herbert was 21 to 35 for 196 and a touchdown. He also did have an interception. He also had five carries for 24 or 22 yards. He did go out for a little bit. Chase Daniels came in for a hot minute. So there, there was that, um, Gus Everett, you know, he had two catches for 23 yards. Hopefully he can figure out how to get back on track, but he, he's kind of day to day right now with the groin injury. So hopefully he's able to come back from injury. The chargers are just dealing with a lot of injuries right now. So keep an eye out for that. If, if you are starting a charger wide receiver, Deontay Carter and, you know, Joshua Palmer is probably going to be your best bet. So keep that in mind. And let's see here. I think I covered all the games. Wow. Well, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's been listening to us. Uh, it's been phenomenal. I know I've been saying that a lot tonight. It's okay. Uh, I I appreciate everyone's attention uh, this evening. It's been fun. It's been real doing it solo. Uh, I've been talking now, it looks like, for almost uh, an hour, which is... Uh, uh, a new record for me. So uh, thank you for everyone that's been listening to us. You can reach us at Twitter at misfit underscore FF or email us at the dot misfit dot FF at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or any, uh, you know, trade ideas or, you know, different theories you want to talk about, please reach out to us on Twitter and or Gmail. 
Uh, please rate and review wherever you may be listening to us. Give us a five-star rating as we're available on all the major podcast uh, platforms like Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course, Stitcher. Uh, all right. So thank you everyone, uh, to listening to us for episode 53. And I hope to see everyone back here for episode 54 for the Jacobs will hopefully return for our Thursday episode. See y'all later.